Hi, this is Steve Addison and you're listening to the Movements Podcast, the podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Today we're somewhere in Asia talking to a couple we'll call Tim and Lydia. We're going to hear the story of how God called them to multiply disciples and churches cross-culturally and how he not only called them, but shaped them as a family. Uh, really, the story, I think, begins in college. I uh, had a, a pastor ask me. He said, uh, actually, he charged all of us. He said, hey, you know, the world tells you to get a good degree, get a good job, and then, you know, here in the Bible Belt, go, go find a good church. Um, but uh, he said, what if you did it the other way around? What if you found a place that you got spiritually nurtured? And then trusted God for a good job. And uh, that made sense to us as we finished college. We did that. There was a church plant going out uh, to another uh, university. And, uh, and we did that. And, and we trusted God for a good job. And he provided us uh, my, my dream job. And, uh, and Lydia here was, uh, she was, our, we already had kids at that time. And so that's where I think it really started. Um, during our time there, it was amazing. Uh, but, uh, during our time there, we started calling out more and more saying, we're, we're missing something. God, what is it that you're calling us to do? And, uh, soon an answer came and, um, and we heard, uh, one night we heard a voice, um, or or more specifically, (laughs) I heard a voice and, uh, and, and what I heard, um, was was my name and a uh, a couple of words that sounded like a thing <laughs> and I, I was like I, I don't know what that is mm-hmm. and uh, and so I, I google it and it turns out it's not a thing it's a place and uh and I look at my wife and I'm like first off did you hear anything because I swore I heard uh, somebody talking and second one uh, what does that mean to you and she didn't know so we decided to pray about it yeah. So during that time, I just um, heard over and over in my mind, um, just the phrase, you are called there, mm-hmm. which terrified me. <laughs> and, uh, and what I was hearing was, you're supposed to move there. So all of our plans of, uh, you know, me being a nice, stable engineer for, uh, for my wife and her family, <laughs> uh, I was all of a sudden becoming a different person than she married. Because uh, this lit a fire inside of inside of me and, and her as well, and um, and so the rest of the night we uh, we Googled it and we just we learned about uh, unreached peoples. We learned about God's mission. Uh, we learned about so many things that uh, I think was what our heart was groaning for. What then happened after that was uh, uh, God did some really cool things. That week was the first uh, week that uh, my boss at the uh, engineering firm, uh, just a few days after this, comes in and says, hey, we'd like you to uh, start, um, we'd like you to help us start a new company. And, uh, and this was everything I dreamed of. I dreamed of owning my own engineering company uh, before I was 30 and to, uh, and to be making more than six digits is what I wanted to be doing. And... Uh, here, just a few days after God's call, this came up along. And uh, as I shared this with my boss, I said, well, I'm very interested in this, but if that 
um, but I might have just heard God speak. And if it was him, then I'm going to have to move across the world. And um, just by God's grace, I had a very godly boss. And uh, he said, well, I'll tell you what, you can do both. While we work on this, uh, this new company and venture capitalism, the startup, you can uh, pursue just checking to see if this really was God speaking to you. And so I didn't have to decide early on. So that was God's hand and God's grace, even in the midst of something that I thought was my ultimate life dream. Um, and so that allowed us to start pursuing uh, training. We ended up moving uh, to Austin, Texas, where we got some more training. Um, and, uh, and so we gave away, uh, yeah, we just, Gave away half of our, our stuff and moved from a, a nice big home to a uh, a wonderful little place. At the same time, I was so grateful that the Lord had given us both confirmation of it. Um, now looking back, um, since that time, I've met several couples where one of them feels called or led and the other does not for a while. And that's really difficult. But within five minutes of Tim hearing a voice... Um, the Lord confirmed it in me as well. And we were able to be together in moving forward with it. Mm -hmm. Um, It took a process of the Lord kind of opening my mind and heart to um, what he's doing around the world. And um, just to set my heart on the nations instead of building a kingdom for myself. But um, I'm so grateful for the way that he did it. When we moved, um, uh, we were actually pregnant with the fourth. And, uh, and soon after we moved, you know, we just, we just sacrificed from our perspective. We'd left everybody we knew. We moved to a city we didn't really know very many people in. Um, and, uh, and so, and gave away half our stuff and, you know, just living in a junky little place, uh, paying more than our mortgage was on our nice big home in the other city. Uh, we're paying more for rent. And, uh, and then that's when uh, we had a uh, just a late term. Uh, we lost the baby late term. Okay. And, um, and that was a really hard time. I remember that was a, a time where we were really struggling, like, okay, we just sacrificed more than anything. And yet at the same time, what, what you know, God, I remember just thinking, like, God, do you even really exist? Uh, I was like, mm. what's going on? What the heck? And... Um, and so I think what God was doing is he was preparing a couple of things. And so uh, for me, after a couple of weeks of really struggling with, with that, uh, came down with, um, well, David says, uh, you know, he couldn't go to his, or his son won't come to him, but he can go to his son. And I realized my daughter won't come back here, but I will go to my daughter. And, uh, and so for me, what I realized, I said, oh, man. Well, the sooner this great commission gets finished by Matthew 24, he says, when everybody hears the gospel, uh, Jesus is coming back. And, uh, and I was like, oh, man. And, and, and I was thinking through Peter, and I was just like, wow, uh, he's, he's waiting on us to, for this great commission. And, and, uh, and so in me, it just sparks like, well, shoot, I get to see my daughter the sooner we finish this thing. So for yes. me, it um, did a couple of things. One was just set my heart on heaven. Um, it became a much more real place to me when I have a daughter there. Um, and I'm much more eager um, for the day when I get to go there because I know I get to see her. 
Mm. Um, but then the other thing that it did was just completely shake my false sense of control and security. Um, if I couldn't protect my daughter um, in America, in my own body, um, if I couldn't do anything um, to save her life, then what control do I really have? And um, so the question we wrestled with and I wrestled with a lot was, okay, is, is God good through all of this? You know, he's in control. Is he good? And I kept, I just landed on yes, he is. Um, and I just, I had to have a procedure um, to have her removed. And um, I woke up from anesthesia from that procedure, worshiping. Um, I woke up singing the song, Jesus is Better. And I was looking around at the room. There were several people recovering from um, various different things. And my heart just broke for them. Mm-hmm. And I knew this is the Lord and he is working in my heart right now. He's doing something bigger in my heart. And I was so grateful. Yeah. So that, that moment had a much bigger impact on us probably than we realized, even as I tell it now, like I think it's still having a bigger impact. It's an underlying driving moment. And, uh, from that point, then uh, we started getting more and more information about how how to make disciples, and uh, and so God was working on our hearts. I think early on, you know, uh, the American dream was going away. We lost the baby. All these things happened, and then He's like, "Okay, now here you go." Uh, we uh, we got training, and the first thing that we were told is, uh, "This is what you do. You ask somebody, have you ever read the Bible, and would you like to with me?'" And uh, I asked my boss if I could work one day from home. And he said, he said yes. And I actually worked one day from uh, Starbucks. He said that was fine as well. I was like, yeah, that's fine. And, uh, and so uh, we, we tried it out. So I, I sit there and I'd be on my computer working. And a guy walked in and, and uh, he, looked, uh, he looked Middle Eastern. It turned out he was from Saudi. And, uh, and so I walked over to him. I put up my, my stuff and I walked over to him and said, hey, what are you, what are you reading? And, um, and he looked up at me and he's like, where's your coffee? You don't have a coffee. You need a coffee. And, uh, and he got up and bought me a coffee and, and, uh, he, and I was like, wow, okay. Uh, so I sat there and he came back and, and then, uh, he reciprocated the question afterwards. He said, uh, what, what have you been reading lately? And I was like, well, I read a lot of the Bible. And, uh, and I was like, oh man, here I go. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I was trained to do. Have you ever read the Bible? And he said, no. And I said, would you like to with me? And he goes, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> and we, and uh, so he's the, is he the first person you asked that question to? Yep, yep. And uh, and I remember thinking, uh, like, I was like, wait, wait, wh- what? You do? Uh, okay. And I was like, well, can uh, can we go to your house Tuesday? And he's like, Tuesday night sounds great. So we went to his house on. Uh, on Tuesday night. And what we saw was on that first night we read. And, uh, at the end I was like, would you like to do this again? And he's like, yes, but and I was like, Oh man, here it is. You know, people aren't actually interested in reading the Bible. Um, he's gonna, he's gonna shut it down now. And he goes, yes, but, uh, could we do it again before next Tuesday? So could it be like Thursday in between? So twice a week. And, um, and so, 
our rhythm during that time. So we started going out all the time. Um, I remember we had prayer at like five thirty in the morning. I was at work um, by six thirty or seven, um, and then would work all the way till late. Get home uh, like six or six thirty. Eat dinner with the family. Help put the kids down to bed around eight. Then either Lydia or I would head out and we would go knock on doors, uh, out share uh, Bible studies, whatever it was, um, until nine or ten. Come home, go to sleep, and then back up again at prayer at five thirty in the morning. Um, I don't recommend that schedule for a prolonged <laughs> period of time. Uh, but what God was doing was preparing us. Um, through that time, we got to uh, Ying Kai was coming to Austin, and uh, and me and a friend uh, had been asking the Lord just what uh, what um, Lord, how do we see a movement in Austin? And uh, and so we'd been segmenting up the city, getting ready for all of that. Well, then Ying Kai came. My friend was actually interviewing Ying in front of a whole group, and at the end of this interview, we said. Uh, we asked Ying, how do we start a movement here? What, what do we do? And uh, he said, you need to talk to this guy in the back. And so we got to talk to this guy in the back of the room. Um, and so uh, his name is uh, Fred, and he's, he's just an incredible, uh, incredible brother. By the next morning, uh, Fred was in my living room, and I'm calling out my buddy. Hey, get over here. Fred's here teaching us. And, um, and so uh, from that moment on, then uh, we started learning about getting out in the harvest. We started learning about four fields. We started learning about all of these different uh, movement uh, practices. And uh, Fred had already seen generations. And uh, we're like, shoot, this is amazing. Let's go. And, um, and then by that winter, this would be fall of uh, fall or winter of 2013, uh, we ended up at this thing called a mid-level. And uh, and my friend looks at me when we got in there, he goes, there's a lot of people that have done a lot of amazing things here. Um, God has used a lot of amazing people. And, and I think, Steve, I think if I remember right, you were there. Um, and so, uh, but yeah, just, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, Steve, Steve Smith, Jeff mm-hmm. Sundell, like, ever, like uh, I think Bill was there. Um, and so it was amazing, uh, Jared. Yeah, like there's just a bunch of guys there. And our mind was blown. Shortly thereafter, that spring after, we were realizing, wow, we're seeing these movements actively change the world. And here I am working on starting a company that, yes, it's going to make a lot of money. It's going gonna, it's gonna to save lives. There's going to be great things that come from this company, but it's, it's not changing the world like what I'm seeing over here on the, uh, in these movements. And I realized I was willing to go raise a bunch of venture capitalism Mm. for a startup, but I wasn't willing to raise any funds necessary to do this kingdom work. Mm. And, uh, and so um, it was a big moment for me because I was really focused on business. I thought business was going to be what we were going to do. And even going to our country overseas, my, my boss said, yeah, you could run this company from over there. And at that point, um, when I realized kind of my pride and hypocrisy um, uh, of, of my dual dual thinking on money, um, I thought, you know what? I could start raising funds on nights and weekends, I guess, because um, uh, my light bulb went off. And I was like, 
I can treat this like venture capitalism. Mm. This is something that's a worthwhile endeavor. And, um, and so at that point, uh, I, thought, I need to get some wisdom here because uh, we were pregnant again with our, our fourth child. And it was like, this is not the time to quit and lose all of our health insurance and everything else. Um, but the third guy I talked to on the phone, getting some counsel, he said, uh, Tim, I, I want to get you in the harvest as soon as possible. And so I'll replace your engineering salary long enough for you to raise your support. And uh, my voice cracked uh, on the phone. I think like, like I was in sixth grade again. I was like, what? Um, and I got off the phone and, and just kind of still in disbelief. Uh, the kids were asleep, walk in the kitchen and, and Lydia's there just, She's doing the dishes uh, and, just, uh, and I remember just saying, hey, you're not going to believe this, but God ha- has seemingly orchestrated us the ability to quit my job. Yeah. So through the whole process of um, our hearts being pulled, do we do this through business? Do we do this um, like business is mission? Do we do this? Um, do we need a support raise? Um, going back and forth, um, I just remember feeling really frustrated with the whole thing. Um, a lot of questions and not not knowing what to do. And so I said, just go figure this out. Go take some time alone and go figure this out. <laughs> um, and um, and the Lord spoke to him and he did. I, I was pregnant again with our um, with our fourth child. And so I was uh, there was a little bit of me that was nervous. Um, I was like, okay, are we going to lose insurance? Are we going to, you know, there, there are a lot of questions that come up, but um, once the Lord just provided that, that was such a sense of peace in my heart. It was like, he's got this under control. Walked into my office the next day and, and, uh, and talked to my boss and, uh, and he just looked at me and he said, uh, well, it's been really good having you work here. And, uh, and I said, wait, 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 this has been my dream job. Uh, I, I didn't say I quit yet. I was just looking for some advice. He's, and, he, and he just looked at me and he just like, it is evident that God is moving. This is what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, so he sends out a, uh, an email subject line saying that, saying that I had found a better boss and I was able to go through and again, uh, just share uh, share the good news with uh, all my coworkers, and uh, stayed on for six weeks. Last day, uh, I'm heading out. I'm in tears, um, and uh, and he stops me and just says, uh, he says that, hey, now that you won't be working for us anymore, my wife and I would like to support you. And so it was such a big deal. Um, I think I, I think I just cried the entire drive home, uh, just in God's goodness. Two days later, our, um, uh, we dropped our kids off with, with family and, uh, we got on a plane and flew, uh, to the other side of the world, <laughs> um, two days afterwards. And what was incredible is we met, um, in the course of five days, we met 28 missionaries from eight different organizations. We had a guy that picked us up from the airport um, who, uh, who was martyred two years ago. Um, so this was in t- 2014 that we came here. 
and uh, he had he had taken us to an underground um, underground church, and it was incredible. And uh, and so we just had our minds blown, just asking, "What is God doing here?" And and uh, at the time, just there was not a lot of optimism. They said, "Man, it's a really hard soil," and we're just like, "Okay, that's why God said here, and um, we need to get our hearts ready." Well, we then went down to a, a neighboring country, um, Muslim country, and and uh, we were going from village to village. So just imagine this: it was me and my my pregnant wife uh, with a translator, walking from village to village, uh, doing what we were calling a, a legit Luke ten, looking for a house of peace that would take us in, feed us, and give us a bed to sleep in that night. And uh, we had landed, you know the little bitty plane uh propeller stopped turning you know and you walk right off the air <laughs> out of the uh, airplane and straight out the gate basically um and uh and so uh we drove straight through the night to get to this village um we had a a chain smoking nintendo dubstep driver um for for nine hours through mountain roads and my pregnant wife was curled up in the back trying not to uh <laughs> trying not to throw up and so she was the real uh, winter there. But what we saw was uh, when we went out, we started proclaiming uh, the, the gospel and we saw an entire village come around us. And it was kind of crazy. We had like 30 or 40 people. And so we were starting with some of the prophets and sharing the story. And, and uh, at, at some point, I, after I got through three of them, uh, three of the stories, I kind of was like, oh, I wonder if they're still interested. And so I said, do you want me to keep going? And the kind of, I guess, this matriarch in the in the village said, "Yes, our men and our children need to hear this. Keep going." And uh, and so uh, so I kept sharing um, all the way through uh, all the way through Jesus. And um, and soon thereafter, we're kind of walking, and they're like, "Where are you staying?" I was like, "I don't know." This uh, military family um, ended inviting us in, and. Uh, and so uh, he was fairly high up in the military. I don't know what rank, but uh, they gave us a bed. They fed us uh, some great food and we got to share with them, um, learned a ton, saw that man, people are so open and uh, an amazing work could just start right now in this area. Uh, but as we left, um, we realized there were not follow-up structures in place and and the multiplication would not continue without somebody there to disciple them. And so uh, we, uh, we, we came back and uh, came back to the U.S. and God was so faithful. He prepared a bunch of people that said, yes, we want to join you in this. Um, our support was raised rather quickly. Um, and, uh, and then over the next year, uh, we, we did have, we were training in Austin. We had our, our fourth baby. And, uh, and then January of 2015, uh, something happened. We got invited up to, uh, I guess it was what, David Watson's house. And I said, uh, and I was like, hey, can, I'll come, but can I bring my family? And we ended up crashing the whole family at their house. And, uh, and from what we left from that weekend there was, we're not ready to go overseas and see a movement. And so we loosened our grip on the country we're being called to. And what happened there was uh, we said, well, Lord, where do you want us to go? And we said, we'll just stay in, in Austin until you show us. We hadn't seen multiplication. We were faithfully going out. And I was like, I don't even know if we're doing the right things. I mean, we're being told we're doing the right things and to keep going. You know, we're out sharing the gospel. We're out 
starting Bible studies. We're out, uh, you know, empowering people with discovery methods and the three third, you know, all of these things. But, uh, but I was like, we haven't seen a movement in our own culture. What makes us think we could add on the complexity of another culture? Um, and so I was like, I don't, I don't know that we're ready yet, Lord, you know, when we're ready. And so, uh, it was, again, God confirmed it. We got in the car, we hadn't discussed any of this. And that was what both came out of, came out of both our mouths. We're like, we're not ready yet. Yeah. But it just felt like God was saying, you're not, it's not your time yet. Um, and I want you to, to hold it more loosely because we were holding our, our call to this country with an iron grip. And, uh, so we loosened it. I said, all right, we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye out for what you got for us. Uh, we need to, we need to get ready. Well, it was, um, it was interesting that later that spring, I think it was March. Yeah. So uh, a bunch of uh, leaders in America, their, their visas didn't go through. And so, uh, so they said, Hey, um, Tim, now there's, there's room in the car. Would you like to go ahead and go now? And I was like, Oh man, I'd love to go. And so we got to go through and we got to see, um, Tons of, of people. We got uh, we got to see you know like Kumar and Leepak and and uh, a lot of these other big uh, movements around and uh, uh, and I, I, my mind was blown and I was like wow look at this we were looking at these generation maps and just there was a table that was probably 20, 30 feet long and there were generation maps poster you know. Mm-hmm. poster boards just out across the entire thing and we just were looking at all and i i just couldn't believe my eyes I was like, this is incredible and, and uh they're, and they're the, generations of new believers and new churches yes every circle on those maps and there was man hundreds or thousands of circles out there and i'm just like looking at how they're all linked together and how they're discipling them and growing them and and i was like wow this is incredible at the end of the trip uh at the end of the trip, Nathan looks at me and he goes, hey, uh, would you be willing to come to India and learn by doing? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then we'll send you on your way. And I was like, wow, that might be exactly what three months ago God was doing when he loosened our grip. And, uh, and so at that point, I said, wow, this is, this is incredible. I uh, went home and, uh, and asked my wife, what do you think? And she said, no. and uh and so uh then she goes why 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 was that lydia why why did you say no (laughs) well i don't really love change to begin with um so for me one the idea of changing plans that was overwhelming um but yeah the idea of going to south asia was not what I had my mindset on. It was not what I was, it was not within the realm of what I had planned. (laughs) Yeah. But it was, it it was like a day later. Like it didn't take long. It was quick. It was very quick. She's just like, okay, I think this is what God might have for us. And, uh, and, you know, to her credit, she doesn't like change. uh, Never has probably won't ever our lifestyle is a constant change. Um, our life is a constant change. So she does an amazing job, um, especially being married to me where I like change a lot. Um, and so really uh, we had about six months and then uh, six months from there we went, um, 
we were in South Asia. And our main priority this whole time was where do we get our best mentorship from? So we'd moved to, to Austin to get mentorship and then we'd met Fred and then we, you know, and we just kept going through who, where can we get our best mentorship from? And, and a lot of these people, they were always connecting us to people. And, and so we just kept getting more and more mentorship. Well, we wanted to get mentored by, you know, by the four fields guys over there in South Asia. And so, um, so we ended up landing and, uh, and man, uh, when we landed in, yeah, just a huge city, um, within the first two weeks, we hadn't even found a house yet. They said, Hey, we got a training opportunity set up for you. And, um, and so, yeah, which was just crazy. Our kids are still jet lagging. Um, youngest one was a year old. And, uh, and so like, okay, uh, we're still looking at trying to figure out housing. We're being, we're in different government offices trying to figure out paperwork so that we can get in the country. I mean, we'd landed first night. We got picked up by an Indian brother. We didn't know he goes to drop us off at a house. We have no idea where we are. Um, there's a drunk cop outside yelling at us, um, not letting us in. The kids are crying and screaming and everything we own is in this little bus. Um, so welcome to overseas. Um, and, uh, and so on the next morning, I think we drank some water that wasn't good. And so that, <laughs> it was fun. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, but, uh, soon thereafter we got, um, our, we got to meet our, our supervisor and, uh, and just over the next three years, uh, just really, uh, just grew increasingly grateful for, uh, for this brother. And, uh, and so he set up this initial training and really that was about all that was needed. Um, he set up his initial training. We met some guys. Uh, I walk in the training. I'm like, so are you going to model for me or how does this work? You know, I'm used to these model assist watch. And he goes, no, you're up. Go, man. <laughs> but what, do I, what do I train? He goes, I just do the same thing you did in the U.S. But, uh, okay. And, um, and so I started training. And as far as I know, that was the best training that South Asia has ever seen because I don't speak a lick of language at this point. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, and so we started doing that training uh, every other week or so. Lydia started doing a, a women's training. Um, God did provide us a house, and we were learning how to um, navigate that. We, we said, we're not moving halfway across the world to live around a bunch of expats. I want to go live where the people are. And so we moved to the northern part of the city where we didn't find any expats anywhere, um, which was helpful because that one time our, our third child accidentally kind of wandered away. Um, uh, a posse of people brought her back because they knew exactly where the white people live. Um, and so, um, and so, uh, so what happened though was really cool. We, we started working with different people and uh, God clearly showed us that many of them weren't the right ones to work through, but there's a, we were confident that if God had brought us to this place, that he had also prepared other people that we were supposed to work with. And so I was just trying to find them. I was like, okay, well, if we're not working with you, okay, great. No problem. You know, I was just looking. And um, within um, the first few months, uh, one of the guys, he would, he'd been a translator uh, for some short-term teams. And, uh, and he ended up saying, hey, there's some people in a neighboring village. You want to go? And so we, uh, I ended up going to this neighboring village with them. We went to three different villages and just trained them how to share the gospel. Um, how to, you know, map their oikos, how to go out and pray. 
And uh, we went back a month later and two of the villages didn't do anything with it. One of them did a lot. They had seen, uh, I think, 40 people come to faith. They shared the gospel between one and 200 times. Um, and I was like, okay, wow, all right. Uh, and it dawned on me, this is way more productive than me going out and sharing myself. Um, I can go out in a day and share with a lot of people, you know. And Lydia's at home, you know, taking care of our kids and all sorts of stuff. And she would go out as well. Um, but we immediately started realizing, and, and we kind of operated, I, I call it like a mom and pop business strategy. I was a, the worker manning the, uh, the front desk of the business, but we were co-owners. And so we would discuss at night how to allocate my man hours for the week. And so uh, she would say, yeah, I think it's worth it for you to go here, here, here. And, and then I would go out. Um, and, uh, and then God also did something really cool with you because in the U.S., we were both going out in the harvest, but something happened when we were in South Asia. Yeah, I came in um, to South Asia expecting um, just to be out in the work, out alongside my husband and um, reaching women and sharing with them and being really active in it. And, um, I had all these aspirations and goals. Um, and I got a rebuke from the Lord. Um, he said, no, you need to focus in your home right now. Your family needs you to, to put your effort and your care and your energy into that. And, um, so it was, it was a few months of a struggle in my heart Mm. at first of feeling pulled both directions, feeling like I couldn't do both of them well. Um, and then he finally just got my attention and said, Hey, this is my plan for you. Please do this. <laughs> and, um, that was really helpful for me to just clarify, okay, this is what my priority needs to be. I'm still involved, but that's not my first priority. So that was really helpful. It was a big, it was a big adjustment for us realizing that. Mm. And so, uh, uh, as we came to that, it's like, well, what does that look like? And so she became a big part of the decision-making. So every night I'm coming home and debriefing her on what's going on. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And so we would pray and we would talk about it together. And so she was feeding into the work constantly, even though she was in the home. And, uh, and then, you know, we prayed about it within five months. Uh, I got an opportunity to go to the East side of the country and, uh, it was going to be a longer trip, a little over a week. And, uh, during the hottest month of the year. So it's 115 degrees. Um, I leave, uh, and you know, she's at home again, four kids, youngest one still in diapers. Um, third one barely out of diapers, which means there's a lot of messes. Um, and so, uh, I go and our internet stops working at the home that she's in, uh, SIM card stopped working. I can't get a hold of my wife. I'm like, what's going on? And so, uh, she took, four kids and walked in 115 degree weather across uh, you can just imagine this crazy South Asian area of town, Uh, four kids, just nuts. You know, you got cows and rickshaws and everything um, uh, to, to the cell phone office to try to figure out how to get internet going again. Um, This is while I'm gone. And so, uh, so she was enduring a lot. And uh, that week was almost my breaking point. Yep. That was the hottest week of the year the hottest temperatures I'd ever experienced. Um, and I think we had a, like a 
one of the kids started throwing up and um, I couldn't communicate with my husband or anyone. (laughs) And I just felt isolated and alone and terrified. So those are the stories that don't get told a lot of times because what being able to endure that is what allowed us to stay there to do God's work um, because we had to be able to stay there together. And, uh, and that was just the beginning of a lot of rough situations where we felt very alone and isolated, but what it did is it drew us back together. And, uh, and so we would have family church, we would get our t- together as a family. And, uh, and then while we were doing that as a family, uh, we were working with, I was in different house churches all over the city. And, um, and so slowly those started to multiply out and I'd go and I talk to people and, and literally was doubling every three to six months. It was like 10 different people all doubling the number of churches every three to six months. And, uh, and so it was, we were just one of the things that was by God's grace, he gave it to us that we actually got to see fruit that helped us stay on the field. Cause when you see fruit, it's like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. We were seeing people healed. We were seeing, um, uh, yeah, there was demons being cast out, lots of healing, all sorts of things were happening. Um, and so we were getting to see this fruit, but I was also in the back of my mind preparing myself for moving to a country that's had hard soil. And I was like, am I going, what about the guys that God has called to an area where they're going to till soil for their entire life or many, many years? And I was like, I need to prepare myself for that. Um, and I don't know if I've got the faith for that because right now I've got an easy one. I get to see the fruit. I don't have to go operate by faith. Um, I, I'm seeing, I'm, I'm, I'm operating by faith in my life. Yes. But by faith, I'm not having to sit there and trust the Lord is going to reach these people. I'm seeing that happen before my eyes. Mm. And, uh, and so that was really incredible for us over the next three years, some pretty crazy stuff happened. Um, we, we saw the work expand to a bunch of different, uh, States. Um, God put together a team of 10 national partners in, in our city. And, uh, uh, a year and a half, I knew we were going to be there for three years, year and a half. I said, I'm going to try to find people for a year and a half. And the last year and a half, I'm going to try to help them make sure that they can operate without me. And, uh, and so I, I needed to work on exit and, uh, by God's grace, uh, really he did that. Um, and so the, these brothers and sisters were just incredible people. They came together as a team and, um, as a team, they really, they really just, by the end of the three years, they weren't leaning on us very much at all. Um, I, I remember one time we had taken, uh, uh, just to show the beauty of multiplication, we'd taken a family vacation and we were out on the beach and, uh, and I'm calling one of my, one of my guys and I'm talking and Lindsay overhears me say, wait, 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 wait. Okay. okay. All right. That's all right. It's not uh, we were out on the beach. Side again. Yep. <laughs> So we were out at the out at the beach, and uh, and Lydia overhears me say, "Wait, wait, 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 wait." I'm on the phone, and I say, "Wait, wait, how long was he dead?" And um, and so we'd seen a uh, a guy come back to life, um, a kid uh, come back to life, and I think there were like 30 churches started out of that miracle. And so um, so God was moving in a bunch of ways. Thousands of people come to faith, and it was just it was incredible to see what God was doing. And again, none of it was by our own hand, any of our own understanding or anything. We just felt like we were just stumbling forward and 
God had clearly told us to come here so that we'd understand what he's capable of. And at the end of three years, we've been checking to see God is now the time to move um, to, to Southeast Asia. And, uh, and it was evident it was. And we came here uh, a year ago, and it was pretty cool to see that the soil has changed. There's an optimism in the bride. There's a desire to see, uh, a desire that really aligns with God's heart, that, that none should perish. There's more of that desire here, and they're, they're asking for help on how to multiply. We even found some people that have multiplied to second uh, generation. And, uh, and uh, one of the most encouraging pieces that I think would just show typically how God has operated through this whole thing, um, because I can't claim or we can't claim any of it, was uh, we got here and, and a guy said, for, he told us, he's a, he's a national brother here, he said, 12 years ago, God told me that uh, movement was coming to our country and it was coming through South Asia. And uh, I had just shared our story with him, had him over for dinner. And he looks at me right after that and he says, I didn't realize it was going to be an American that came, but you're the guy. And, and I looked and I said, well, you know, Lord willing, you know, and he goes, no, 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 not Lord willing. You're the guy. How do we start? <laughs> and so, again, God was preparing people. And the soil here is in a drastically different place. He needed us to wait three years because he needed the soil to get ready. And I think he's doing that around the world because uh, we're finding him just move in a faster pace than we've ever seen before. And so we're just glad to be here and praying that the Lord does it again. What's he been doing in the life of your kids during this, this journey? That's a good question. Um, it has been fun to watch our kids process through things. Um, they're getting a very different childhood than we were raised with. Um, just living globally. Um, they've also been exposed to a lot more like poverty. Um, obviously a lot of idol worship. Um, and we have a lot of good discussions <laughs> in our house about things that we see, um, out on the street. They've seen, um, different cultural norms that things that are not okay in America that are deemed as okay in other places. Um, and we keep processing through, okay, let's go back to the scripture. What does the scripture say about this? Um, is this something that the Lord tells us is good? Um, is this something that scripture even talks about? Maybe it's just something that our culture values or doesn't value. Um, they've seen different ways that families operate. Um, as a lot of Asia is more communal um, than America is individualistic. Um they actually, our oldest three, um, made a decision all together at the same time um, two years ago, two years ago now, I think, um, to follow Jesus. They all made the decision together as, um, as we were studying the word. And um, they just, they operate as kind of a group. You know, like you'll see a family come to faith together. It was fun to watch our own children do that together. They kind of discussed it. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
they they just discussed the story that we were talking about and it was Easter and uh, talking about Jesus dying and raising from the dead and um and they just were all talking about it and they were like yeah why why wouldn't we believe this and um they all believed together and then um yeah right up in the foothills of Himalaya it was awesome yeah mm-hmm. we were on a little family vacation for Easter and then two weeks later two weeks yeah oh this was really fun so two weeks later. Uh, our oldest was with us at a uh, at a training of some uh, yeah working with some uh, some Muslim brothers from a very secure area and uh, and so we were training on on baptism and it was really really quite fun. They were practicing all the different methods of, of baptism and, and my son was there and he was watching it and and it was it was it was just a really joyful time. Well, uh, I didn't know this, but he came home and he gathered his sisters and said, "Hey." So in the Bible, when people believed, they were baptized immediately. He picked that up from the training. And uh, how so old comes, was your son at this stage? Uh, nine. nine, ten. Nine. Yeah, yeah, nine. Yeah, nine and a half. Yeah, there you go. And uh, and so he came back and shared that with his sisters, and they talked about it for a little while. And they came to us as a three of them. They said we have decided that we want to be baptized because people were baptized in the Bible immediately. And uh, <laughs> I was like, okay, you know, and so uh, um, every parent, I think, struggles sometimes with how do you, when, when and how do you baptize your kids? And, uh, mm-hmm. and so it just became evident. So I interrogated them for a little while and it was evident they were sure of this. They're like, we're convinced. And so we filled up the, the kiddie pool and Lydia got to dunk our oldest and then uh, he turned around and dunked the second one. And then she turned around and dunked the third one. And, uh, and it was just such a joyful time. And we've always kept our kids. I typically always take at least one kid with me. Um, so rather than, so I'll be traveling internationally. They, they, love, they love going to all these different places. Um, so we'll be traveling to different countries. Um, I, I'm almost in a con- different country once, uh, once a month except for right now in coronavirus. Um, and, uh, and I take one kid with me. What was cool is uh, what, what happened with that is we realized instead of dad being gone on another work trip, it was, oh, you know, dad's with, you know, rookie. Dad's with whoever, you know. And so, oh, and that means my special trip is coming. And so they all knew their trips throughout the year that they were going to go be with dad. And so it wasn't dad's got his thing. It was everybody gets their turn at a special trip. And so, you know, we'd be in, we'd be in Japan and, and my, my son, he would plan all the things he wanted to see. So he, do, he had to do research and he said, I want to go see this, 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 this. And so I would go do a training and I'd say, I just need one day off because I, I need a rest day and I'm going to take my son. And so they would give us one day off. So everywhere I'd go, I'd have a rest day set up and we would go have a fun day in whatever country we were in. And so this was a really... It's not a typical childhood, but it worked with our family rhythms, and it was really joyful. Right. He is coming back. The Great Commission will be fulfilled. Their will, mission will die. It will go away when uh, there's a final day. And so um, someday there's going to be the last person to hear the gospel. And I, and I kind of pray that, you know, I pray that I'd be the one that shares the gospel with the last one. Um, you know, like, like, how cool would that be? Like, share the gospel, and all of a sudden Jesus comes back, right? Like, somebody's going to be the last person to share the gospel and the last person to hear. 
And so um, a completed Great Commission is one that I, that I see um, where every person is going to get to hear the gospel and have an opportunity to understand that God wants nobody to perish. And so from what I've been able to experience in my just limited time and in our limited time, we've just been like, we're trusting the Lord has, is preparing the people necessary to reach every person. And uh, just like he prepared those people here in this country, he prepared people in South Asia. He's preparing people. They might not even believe in Jesus yet, but they're out there. Um, I had another guy here. He said, yeah, I had, the Lord told me the other day that there's 7,000 people in our city ready to join, uh, to, to, to follow Jesus. And uh, I was like, wow, well, let's go find them. You know, that's, you know, that's less than 1% of the population. That's, that's not very many. I believe you. That's, that's totally going to happen. And uh, so there's 7,000 out there that if they'll hear, they'll believe. Let's go. And, uh, and so I guess what we're trusting the Lord for is that, uh, that he's going to do what he said he's going to do. And then we just want to uh, kind of that, that Thessalonians not quench the spirit because the spirit's got a pace. And the best I can tell, the only ability I have is to slow him down in some ways to quench him. And so I think we're just trusting the spirit to do what he does and, and pray and try to abide fast enough to keep up with him. Well, if you're enjoying the movements podcast, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. It really helps. I'm Steve Addison for the movements podcast.